the states or abroad, no one's safe from the talk is a fraud. In the states or abroad, no one's safe from the talk is a fraud. The following broadcast goes beyond the show and beyond the gram to bring you all the fraud that's fit to be uncovered. These are the Talkers of Fraud. And now, here are your broadcasters, Talker of Shits and Frauded by TLC. Frauded! Talker! We're recording. This is crazy. This is our first episode of Talkers of Fraud. Welcome, everybody out there. What's going on, everybody? To all of those that are currently listening, we appreciate it oh so much. It's so surreal to be recording our first official podcast. This has been a such a labor of love, and to be finally here recording and producing this podcast for you guys is just amazing. We've had amazing support out there from other podcasters, the Instagram community, other blogger pages. You guys are amazing. I am frauded by TLC. And I am talker of shits. And you can find those pages on Instagram if you're not already following us. You can follow the show at Talkers of Fraud. Yes. And like Frauded said, to everyone that currently follow us and that are listening to us right now, as Ziad would say, we love you. Oh, so much love. We love you so much, so much. And so here we are. Uh, what is our show about? We are here to uncover the fraud associated with 90 Day Fiance, our favorite trash show, and all its associated spinoffs. We go beyond the show and beyond Instagram and we find the all the fraud, we find all the truth, we find everything that's really happening behind the scenes, and we bring it to you. Right. We do the dumpster diving so you don't have to. And this episode, because it's our first episode and because we're coming in at the end of the seasons, our recap is going to be kind of longer than our normally we normally would do uh, just to sort of catch everybody up. We're not a recap podcast. There is a lot of those that are great out there and we don't need to be another one. But since there's so many big things going on right now with the conclusion of a lot of these uh, different franchises, it only feels natural to kind of catch up and get up to speed with those before we uncover some of the crazy shit that goes on behind the scenes, right? Right. And we have two seasons uh, coming to an end right now. We have The Other Way and Before the 90 Days, and we just had a two-part tell-all for The Other Way. So there was a lot to recap. Normally, we're not going to be recapping the episodes. Like Talker said, there's plenty of those out there. We're going to go beyond that. We're the pod after the pod. Right. We go beyond the gram. So without further ado, let's get into it. Awesome. Let's do this. So, yeah, that was, um, I know that you and I differ on our opinions about how these tell-alls have gone thus far. And uh, I don't know, I, I, it definitely was more entertaining than last week, but we'll get into that. Sure. So, I guess what maybe we should just uh, talk about now is what we saw earlier this week, which was the penultimate episode of Before the 90 Days which we thought would be the finale, but obviously it wasn't because TLC announced that there was one more episode before the two-part tell-all. And tell me why is that? Why did that change? <laughs> As I've learned from you, uh, TLC can stop, or I should say, they 
don't stop editing things until the very last minute. And when they decide to add more footage or something happens or a leak is uh, airs that they don't want out there, they manipulate things to extend the show or change the storyline. Yep. Yep change the planned storyline. We know this happens. We know for a fact that this happens. They edit up right to the last minute. They change things. So what we thought was the finale last night turns out, oh, just kidding. It's not. So we have another episode and then the tell-all. How that's going to air, we don't know. Is it going to be the finale and then part one of the tell-all or is the tell-all going to be the following week? We don't know. TLC doesn't know. I don't think anybody knows. Yep. No, I don't think anybody knows. I know a couple cast members seem to be quite shocked that there was one more episode. Uh, Rebecca put out a video on her Instagram page where she was saying she was not uh, too thrilled to see their story didn't wrap up last week and that there was yet another episode to conclude their storyline. So we'll see what happens. But as of right now, as you said... I think Rebecca's anxious to clear the air also, and she can't do that while the show's still airing. So I think uh, she's ready for it to end so she could tell some things that didn't get to get told during the season. Yeah. um, You know, I know that they have a certain time limit, and even though the show is wrapped up, I think they're kind of restricted as to what they're allowed to divulge for what almost a year or something like that but of course there's certain questions that they have the liberty of answering once uh, we see the final episode that clearly they can't be uh, so open with on Instagram or any other platform they use to share their story so I get that I get that yeah you know so um so (laughs) Where are we now? Where are we now with Before the 90 Days? What happened? What did we see this week? Well, we saw Darcy, who uh, got what she always wanted, which was Tom sitting across the table from her with a ring box, all of the champagne, all of the lovely ambience, and then opens the box and it's a key to his mama's house. Maybe his yeah, rather fancy-looking skeleton key. Maybe his grandfather's like clock. I I don't know what what it was for, but just what every girl dreams of when you've been hinting and not more than hinting outright saying you want uh, to get engaged and a wedding. Um, just what every girl dreams of. What a kind of gaslighting asshole is he though to do that in that regard? That was almost worse than. Jesse's appreciation ring under the windmill. (laughs) Well, we know uh, your feelings about Tom, (laughs) and I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think that Darcy has been anything but subtle. So uh, to say that she was a bit disappointed that it was anything or nothing close to an engagement ring, but rather the furthest thing from it, she receives a key to a place that she's, what, eight hours by plane away from our being Just in able case, to you know, to. she happens to be in England and wants to drop by for some tea. Yeah, no kidding. You know. She just has to casually fly into Heathrow and take another hour cab ride, another $500 cab ride. <laughs> to sure, why not? Just drop in. Say and hi. And then he'll... Yeah, she'll just uh, come in for a spot so, of tea. So here's my question. Is this a key to his mother's house that he lives with her in that's actually council housing, which is their equivalent of public housing? Is that what this is a key to? Or is it just like 
a key he pulled out of his asshole to be an asshole. A random with. storage unit, if you will. Who knows? Where the dead bodies are hiding? I mean, it's quite possible. And I guess we'll never really find out now, will we? <laughs> oh. Well, well, we can move right along into uh, one of my favorites, Benjamin and Akini. <laughs> and we know that uh, Benjamin... He wrapped up the bride price negotiations this week with Baba Akini, and that was quite uh, tense, to say the least. And But did they really he, wrap it up, or no? I don't know. I mean, that's sort of subjective, I mean, in a way, because we do find out that he has even less money than we thought he did. He offers a mere $600 to... Uh, Baba Akini, and it looks like he divided that money into two envelopes. I'm assuming that he gave Mama Akini 300 and Baba Akini 300 and then sort of used a poor analogy to describe why I he thought was you only said giving poor them that much. analogy, and I thought it would be appropriate for him. <laughs> That's so true. God knows what that man watches, and I guess uh, we, we know can it's porn. That later too. Yes, we do, Mister Craigslist. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> damn, he you went only there. has six hundred dollars, and he blames it on needing to have uh, some money saved up to take care of his son, which we know he doesn't pay for either because his. Baby Mama has confirmed that he doesn't pay any child support and really doesn't contribute much to their son in general. Um, So that's a lie. I think that he's just obviously very poor at managing his finances, and that's why he's in the position that he's in. I would say getting getting evicted from two apartments and getting your car repossessed because you can't pay for anything qualifies as bad at money management. No kidding, and I can't imagine he pays too much to be squatting at his pastor's house. So I just think it's more excuses on his end to look a certain way that he's far from. Well, and, and then on that regard, also just, you know, we know that his brother hold, held on to all of Benjamin's alcohol that he had when Ben moved into the pastor's house so that Ben wouldn't look bad. Oh, God, I know. And to think about how hard he came down on her for having all of what, four or five sips of that margarita and acted so self-righteous about the whole drinking thing. He's such a smug asshole, I swear. I can't stand Benjamin. Sorry, not sorry. But yeah, so we we come to find out again that he has less money, obviously, than originally planned, and the father was none too pleased about this, but he still gives him the opportunity to, uh, I guess, pay him over time, uh, as Benjamin has offered to do, However, we learn that there is no end date in sight. So Akini cautions him that this could go on for basically the rest of their relationship or until they're, I'm assuming, no longer alive since there is no definitive amount set. So she urges him to talk to her father and see how much money he expects and how much longer he'll be sending him installments for. So, as, as a lawyer, I would advise against entering into a contract with no end date. But while we're in Africa, <laughs> so strangely, after this tense uh, negotiation takes place, these cakes are 
brought out and they start celebrating. And then shortly after, we learn that they've consummated this relationship, which was so fucking awkward, by the way. And secondhand embarrassment cringe. Oh, my gosh. And I think what did he specifically say? Something about uh, the cookie jar. It was that cookie jar reference, right? Oh, 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 God. I'm going to hurl up my peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I had for dinner because <laughs> apparently I'm 10. But oh, my God, it was like. Yeah, it was like, was the cookie jar satisfied or something? I don't know. And then he asked for like a customer satisfaction survey, like circle this, take a survey, enter yourself in a drawing for like. I know. It was was all so bad. So so awkward when he looked at her for validation and she just kind of turned her head off to the side. And, you know, she was just dying inside as well as we all were watching it. It was so painfully awkward. My goodness. But yeah, I think that was mainly what we got from Benjamin and Akini this week. And uh, I guess moving on to Angela and Michael, we see that they have Michael, quit your line. We see that they have their traditional Nigerian engagement party this week. And we see that Angela has a sit down with Michael's mama and lets her know the outcome of her fertility clinic visit. Well, she doesn't really let her know the outcome because she lies. Yes, that was that was also painful to watch because she basically bull face lied right to her because she succumbed to the uh, pressure and didn't feel like disappointing her, according to her. Um, It seems like on social media, there was a a mixed opinion about that. People thought that Angela really wasn't so deceptive, but I disagree because, I mean, she admitted that she couldn't tell her the truth because she felt guilty and she wanted to please her. But she kind of, I guess you would say, gave her a half truth. I mean, technically, she said she could carry a child, but we both know that Michael's mom perceive that as their biological child together so so answer me this talker with her this lying and the lying by omission and all of this stuff even though she was trying to lie to make her feel better wouldn't you say that's exactly what she alleges michael does to her that she yells at him about absolutely she couldn't be a bigger hypocrite she does this all the time but it's okay when she does it except you know she's the one that dangles this uh, visa process over his head like a carrot because she's super controlling and trashy and that's kind of like it's her way or, or the highway and I know that we've seen a change in his personality as well he's far more submissive than he even was the previous season that he was on and he pretty much does every single thing he can to not rock the boat with her. And I just... He's invested far too much time into this green card. And he's like, I ain't about it to back out. <laughs> I ain't about to back out now. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that. He wants to be chilling in Hazelhurst with his Trump boxers on under the air conditioning unit or enjoying that central air, I should say. Uh, But yeah, it's painful to watch because she's so manipulative and abusive this season. I I do find her entertaining at times, but she just takes it too far. And, you know, I think that uh, this particular episode was difficult to watch her 
lie straight to Michael's mother's face and lead her on to believe that it was a possibility they could create their own biological child together without the aid of an egg donor or scientific intervention. I will say this about Angela. Even though she gets harder and harder to watch each episode, she did look better this episode than she has, I think, all season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know she was reluctant to wear the traditional garb, but I think that it suited her very well, and she did look nice for her, as nice as she can look. (laughs) True. (laughs) I mean, we're talking about, you know, low bar here. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. That's mean. I'm sorry. Well, let's let's move on to uh, to Rebecca and Zied. Tell me about them, Frauded. What happened this week with Rebecca and Zied? Oh, so much. I want to know. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I, I don't have a lot for you because it. You know. So, so they didn't really do much with Rebecca and Zia this week, but they, they, they spent a lot of time in a tent looking sad and crying. Wait, and you mean things got intense between Rebecca and Zia? I, I would da, say... Da, da, <laughs> I, would say <laughs> I would say that, you know, like, I felt like genuine emotion. You know, I'm all about the fraud and I'm extraordinarily cynical about this show. But that scene with Rebecca and Zia felt to me like there was actually a lot of emotion there. And I agree. Whether they were reenacting it, like he already knew this and they were reenacting it for the, sh- the camera or it was the first time they were discussing it, I don't know. But it felt very emotional and raw. And yeah, clearly she was evoking from a, you know, a very organic place of um, despair during that time, even if it was a reenactment. I mean, you saw how red her nose was and the tears and all of that seemed very genuine. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think what we have here is, you know, the fact that she's still technically divorced, I think, is kind of ridiculous. Like that happens a lot. You know, people's mm-hmm. divorces drag on or, you know, you separated for years and not not tight the kind of like separated but to me is separated from his wife quote unquote um mm-hmm. but i mean like really separated right like legitimately have moved on they just haven't filed papers or whatever and like in rebecca's case they, they've both signed the papers they're filed it, it's not like a fresh relationship the fact that she's still technically married i don't think warrants the kind of reaction that it's getting but you have to remember too that there's this language barrier and you know Zied is this you know as he's admitted this controlling machismo sort of jealous guy all he hears is oh marriage married married I am Arabic man you know this married married all he hears is married 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 and I'm having like flashbacks to um that scene in in 16 Candles when Jake Ryan comes to the door and Long Duck Dong answers and then she's like, yeah, he's married, married to Bohunk. Like, that's all I have. Married, married, married. Like, that's the conversation that happened with Rebecca and Zied. It was this constant back and forth of married. Yes, married, but not really married, but married, but married. So, yeah, I mean, that was like the the operative word that he clung on to. And I know that she was probably trying to simplify things for him, but it ended up it ended up backfiring. Um, you know, everybody kind of feels like she should have led with more of, yeah, we are in the process of a divorce. We've both signed like right off the bat instead of having to explain that later on after things gotten, you know, so escalated that he tore off in the 
what's it called? The uh, sand buggy or the sand, whatever the that ATV thing, thing that he was the in. ATV thing. Yeah, I was blanking on uh, <laughs> the terminology. But yeah, uh, he, I don't even know how long he was actually gone for. It didn't seem like he was gone for too long. He literally uh, went just to, I guess, collect his thoughts and cool down so he wouldn't say anything that he would regret too much. And I respect that. I think he handled things a lot better than most would have expected him to because he warns everyone all the time that he's jealous and possessive. So one would think that he'd really fly off the handle if he was to learn of this news. But I think that he actually handled it a lot better than than anticipated, than the viewers anticipated, I should say. Yeah, I mean, you know, here's my question, too. And this kind of goes back to, like, a a fundamental question we have with all of the couples. is this communication before they are living or visiting each other in a foreign country. If they've had conversations to the extent that he has seen every single part of her body and that they're talking about this, that she's going to fly over there, wouldn't you think they would have had conversations about past relationships, i.e. marriages, right? So when she's talking about the fact that she has been married to a Moroccan man, which he he obviously knows this, wouldn't it have been easy to slip in? The divorce isn't a final official yet, but we've not been together for years. The papers have been signed. I just, you know, it's just not official yet. Wouldn't that have come up? You would think. I totally agree with you. And I I think it's also weird uh, going back a little further to when she admitted that she had a brief fling with a woman. And obviously that upset him quite a bit because we know that that's not accepted in their religion and their culture, what have you. And I just didn't find it necessary to bring up. It's completely unnecessary. Why are you going to bring up any, I mean, hetero life mate knows that I've had you know, past relationships. I have a kid yeah. from a prior marriage, for God's sake. Some sakes. things are better left. But he doesn't need to know all right, the details. Exactly. You know, as far as he's concerned, I was a virgin when I met him. Yep. Never mind Never mind my almost 16-year-old kid. What you don't know ain't going to hurt you. So <laughs> tell me a little bit more about Avery and Omar, or more specifically Ooh. what we saw this week from Avery and Omar. So... Avery apparently has no idea that they're that that, that Syria is in a civil war it and is? that there's a travel. It is. Did you know? No. Shock. No. Avery didn't know this What's in all a of her conversation. I, there's a travel ban, and he's from Syria, and he may have a difficult time coming to the United States. Really? Is that how it works? Who knew? It, it might. Who knew? Oh no. I didn't know. I had no idea. I've been living under a rock for several years. I had no idea that's the way things were over there. Yeah, well, you know, they have makeup, at least, so we know that. Obviously, but, priorities. Um, what I didn't know going into this episode that I learned from the um, lawyer, the immigration lawyer, was that if she goes over there to Syria and lives with him, she's going to have a harder time claiming hardship to the United States in order to bring him over to the United States, because the hardship is part of what I guess is qualifies for the waiver and whatnot to bring him to the United States. And if she's living with them, well, then there's no hardship to claim. And as a lawyer, that makes sense to me. So I just, it wasn't something I'd considered before. 
um, but I don't practice immigration law. Um, I should, given as much, I, you know, 90 days I watch. I'm practically qualified. <laughs> so I, I, I should go give these people better advice than they get, um, you know, with a quick Google search. Well, I just even think as an average viewer, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure that was anything but disappointing to Mother Avery, uh, Terry, as we know her. And I think that, you know, she seemed to be pretty, she handled the news pretty well. She could have been jumping for joy or looked a little more. I think she very much suppressed her elation um, out of respect for her daughter. She said that she would still support and do whatever she could to get Omar to the States, but that she obviously was happy that she wouldn't be putting herself in harm's way by moving temporarily to Syria until that process, uh, you know, was exhausted and they were able to bring him back here, if at all. So, right. I mean, I like I think it was a combination. And as a parent, you know, as both of us being parents, I think we understand this. And I think even, you know, as a non-parent, you'd be able to understand on the one hand, she's thrilled that her daughter's not going to go to Syria because she's really concerned about her daughter. On the other hand, she's really concerned about her daughter and her daughter's breaking down and melting down about not being able to be with the man that she loves. And so she's sad and hurt and angry and upset. No parent wants to see that from their kids. So like Mother Avery, you know, I think she handled it as well as, you know, any parent would. I don't know that I would have gotten that far. Right. You know, I might have handcuffed my kid before letting him go to Lebanon. But definitely. I mean, I probably try to handcuff her to the water heater for the better part of the year until he probably thought he was never going to hear from her again. And then when things are safe and numbers are changed and almost like a witness protection program thing, I think that's what I would probably enter my daughter in if she was in that situation. So Mama Terry, <laughs> she did pretty well considering. You know, um, I, just given the situation, you know, I, Avery's 19. She's, you know, she's young. She's immature. Um, we learned that with her sort of jewelry store debacle um, on Instagram this you mean, week. Uh, TJ Maxx earrings? Yeah. <laughs> TJ Maxx earrings. Um, Which, by the way, are on clearance now because my sister-in-law sent me a photo of them and they're on clearance now on TJ Maxx. I love that we've gotten your sister-in-law into this shit show. Yeah, me too. I think it's funny. Um, but it's yeah, awesome. so given that she, you know, is is sort of immature about the business dealings and clearly immature about Syria when she's concerned about makeup, if that's actually, it, you know, and not a fraudulent conversation, which it could very well have been just a completely Absolutely. staged conversation. You Wait, know. those things don't happen on 90 Day Fiance. <gasps> yeah. Hate to break it to you. Stage? Fraud. Stage conversation? What? <laughs> Speaking of staged conversations um, that we know uh, Tim and Jennifer had with Veronica, we talked about mm. that. I, I broke that news recently. We know that whole conversation that Veronica had with Tim and Jennifer um, on the Skype call was staged. Uh, mm-hmm. Veronica asking them about their sex life in not so many words, but we all knew that's what she was asking about, that uh, production scripted that for her. Um, oh, God, yeah. So how I is mean, their sex on. life? <laughs> well, we know that it's, uh, I don't really think that we can say they have a sex life. As we've learned this past week, 
Tim had an expectation of boning before he hopped on the airplane to head back home to North Carolina, but he was super grumpy cat when she ended up falling asleep and they weren't able to At one in the morning. Do that. Yes. So I found it to be so interesting that he waited until the eleventh hour to try to make this happen and there's so much pressure. And I guess according to her, she waited around for him to make the first move and he never did, and so she fell asleep. And they wake up in the morning, and he's super aggro, and she tries to make him coffee or something. I think we see them do while he prepares to uh, get in the car and head to the airport with her. I found it kind of interesting that she joined him on the ride and accompanied him to the airport, but whatever. I guess that was sweet. But we do learn that he's not able to test drive the car before he buys it, if he buys it, which we don't know if he does. Uh, as of right now, he's still renting it, for lack of a better term. <laughs> I don't think he's even driven it off the lot. And here's my theory yeah. on Tim. I know that there's a ton of speculation about out there about this situation. And um, I'm not going to address anything having to do with alleged sexuality or gender or any of that, because I think that's bullshit. And I've talked about this totally. on my page, that it's just um, stereotypical typing heteronorms about masculinity and femininity. And if someone's not a caveman, then they must automatically be trans or gay. I think that's bullshit. And um, I'm not going to address it. So for the people who have posted about it and say, why hasn't anyone posted about this? It's because I've deleted those. Anyway, so my theory. On the same page with you, sister. Excellent. I hear you. So my theory about them is that, okay, so... I've been in online relationships. My um, my husband and I had met online before we met in person. He wasn't in another country, but another part of the U.S. I mean, he was in, like, the Midwest, so that might as well have been another country as far as I was concerned. Yeah, as far as where, yeah. Exactly. I was in San Diego, anything middle of the country might as well be a different country. But in any case, totally foreign. we had this, like, we had developed this long relationship online before we met in person. So I get how that works. Like, I get how that happens. And when you meet in person, you're just hoping that the chemistry is actually there. I mean, you can talk to somebody, you can send them every picture of every part of your body like Rebecca did. You can have all these conversations on video and all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, when you get there in the, you know, in person, you may not have chemistry. And I think that may have been the situation here. Like you have this fantasy, they develop this fantasy of each other and what each other is and this fantasy relationship of what it might be. And then when you get on the ground and you realize maybe our chemistry just doesn't jive, like I think that might have been the situation here. So so everyone who's like, oh, you know, Jennifer's so hot, how come you're not, you know, jump, you know, boning her immediately? Well, Maybe he just wasn't feeling the chemistry. And look, I'm no Tim fan. Like, I'm not the president of the Tim fan club, and I only recently unblocked him um, from my <laughs> my page. Um, so I do like the gold under Me eye I'm not a moderator for uh, Gringo Guns. <laughs> no comment. Fan page? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not a, Tim, not a Tim fan. But in this case, I think maybe... Maybe, Jennifer, he's just not that into you. 
Dude, I'm in total agreement with you. You know how I made that meme on my page a while back and it was in reference to like a Sesame Street letter of the day. And I just kind of said like, I is for intimidated. And it's because I really think that, you know, you're right on the money with that. I think that there's so much expectation build up and he likely was far more confident behind his keyboard of his uh, computer or cell phone, if you will, and exuded a lot of that machismo that she craved and wanted and probably seemed like he would be jumping her bones from the moment he got her back to the hotel from the airport. And obviously, as we saw, it was anything but that. He kind of made it seem like he wanted to get to know her better, this, that, and the other thing. And I think, you know, there's some truth to that. But ultimately, I think nerves are the biggest part to play in this. And I think they got the best of him at the end. Possibly, you know. I mean, I've seen interviews. We've seen that, like, the Entertainment Tonight interview with him and stuff. And it seems like what they're showing of him, like the storyline they picked for them, um, the sex storyline that TLC loves so much. Um, oh, talking about beating a dead horse. <laughs> beating. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Closing. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, the, the Tim you see on, on TV and the Tim you see, like, on the interviews and stuff, it seems like a different person almost. So probably what she saw. Right. Right. What she saw on uh, text and FaceTime when he was back in the States versus what she saw in person when he flew over to Columbia. Yeah. And didn't mount her like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, so who do we have left? Are we, are we, well, I think we wrapped up. No. Oh, no, we have Eeyore. Yeah. We have Eeyore. Eeyore. Mr. Caesar. Eeyore. <laughs> or as I like to call him now, Sleezer. <laughs> well, okay, so Caesar, before you jump into that, um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I got a hot tip on something with him just maybe Ooh, like an hour, maybe this like an hour easy. ago that I haven't had time to research yet, but apparently he's moved the on. The hotline. The frauded hotline was ringing during the tell-all. Um, the, I got a screen name of somebody that I need to investigate that may be um, Caesar's new paramour. So we'll oh, see where that oh, leads. Oh. We'll see where the frauded hotline tip line leaves. Is she Ukrainian? I don't Did know. Did he meet her on Anastasia date? <laughs> Did he have to spend $500 to send her flowers? And chocolates and, or uh, candy panties? Oh. Posing pouches, if you oh, will. Oh, God. So why don't you tell us what happened with Maria and Caesar? Ugh, whatever happens with Maria and Caesar, it's the same old story. It's she ran out of money or really her bills aren't paid yet for the month. So uh, she probably unblocked him and reached out to him with her generic copy-paste messages that she likely sends to all her other suitors that are paying her bills or allowing her to get her hair done, her nails done, her makeup, whatever it is that she likes to indulge in. And she hit him up, and I think he specifically said it was just a small message that was like, hey, baby, um, and 
I miss you or whatever it is. And he falls right back into it. And he's such a dope. We see his friend Jeremy come over. and Hot Jeremy. You can just tell. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves Jeremy. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason that they watch his storyline at this point. But, um, yeah, you see that he looks quite tired of it, too. He just looks like he realizes that he's completely just talking to him and it's going through one ear and out the other. But, yeah, I mean, it's that's pretty much all there is to say is that she needed money to pay her bills or to go have some fun. And so she unblocked him, messaged him, and now they're making plans to meet up. And, you know, that's never going to happen. Right. So here's the thing with their storyline is I have a really difficult time watching it because we know how how fake, how it? fake it is, how fraudulent it is. You know, and for those who don't know, um, we posted this. It was a starcasm um, did an amazing they did a good wrap up of all of the evidence that was out there regarding this. Starcasm. So good. I love, I love her. Um they did so like the 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 story goes is that they did really date in real life well not in real life but like as much as an online dating where you have to spend five hundred dollars to send flowers kind of relationship goes and candy posing pouches <sighs> don't forget the candy posing pouch <laughs> i'm trying to forget it but you won't let me and, <laughs> and they actually broke up before filming started um, but TLC didn't care and they wanted to just go ahead with it anyway and um, she didn't want to and that's why you only ever see her on a phone um, so uh, that's the story yeah she's not going to ruin uh, the chances of cutting off her other five or six men that are sending her god knows how much every single month if it's really if, no it's, if it's really Maria and not Vlad in his you know mother's basement exactly <laughs> oh my god can we move on to the other way now uh, i mean we have I, to. I say that so begrudgingly but i think we just have to touch on the tell all part one and two let's get it over with sounds good i mean what we i know what we saw a lot of in both parts was Corey fucking interjecting fucking Corey, man. That i mean he guy. found his voice holy shit did he find his voice but not in a good way and uh, he didn't let anybody forget that he had a lot of opinions about pretty much everyone. And who the fuck is he to have the opinions that he does when he is the dopiest dope that ever doped? I know, my goodness. I mean, he he just wouldn't stop. Every single time something got brought up, he had an opinion. He was thrown in his two cents. And, I mean, I was just really taken aback. I wasn't expecting to hear so much from Corey at all. For both parts. Yeah. Cool. I mean, what, do, what did you think about their whole... And, and also, I thought they focused way too much on Corey and Evelyn's storyline. I'm so tired of it. Yeah, you know, they did. They spent, like, the whole first part talking about them. And, you know, Evelyn with her smug little smile. And, oh, I didn't have my ring on. And, oh, yeah. I was talking to Raul. And, and whatever else nonsense she was doing with her extremely telling body language that was like with her eyes and the where she was looking she was clearly being deceptive and stupid and she just oh my god which was magnified by the things that she said during the part two tonight when she was like talking about Karini getting money from American men and she's like hey and she's like all smiling and smug in her little camera going oh you know 
if 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 she's getting money from American men, it's because the man wants something. Hey, ask for a million dollars. See what she can get. Like, like she's flaunting it in this face of what, um, of what she's doing. You know, it's so strange to me because you see the complete antithesis of that on social media. She seems very much like that is. I don't want to say editing because she she honestly never blamed editing per se that I know of. But she did have him on a live the other day and she was asking him to basically confirm that she is not someone that uses him for his money or that comes down on him for petty things like his looks, as we know. Um, she was called out for basically body shaming him and asking him to lose the weight and regain his six pack that he once had. And I mean, obviously all of that on the tell all made her look pretty shallow, but she uh, made him confirm that things were not as they seem on the live the other day. (laughs) And it was kind of awkward because she kept saying, right, Corey, right. And it seemed very rehearsed, like he knew why he was on there, and he was confirming, yes, uh, I love her. She's a great person. No, I don't think either one of them is solely to blame. Like, it's all Corey's fault, all Evelyn's fault, what have you. I think that, you know, they both likely have their own issues that they bring into the relationship. Certainly. But it seemed, you know, she seemed like she was over him and that she, I mean, we know that she called him out for being thirsty and she was pissed about the whole pseudo date that he had with Larissa. But judging by their live the other day, like I said, um, they were kind of mildly flirtatious, I dare say. And they also concluded their live with mutual I love you's. So I found that to be kind of interesting. They clearly have something because they've been together yeah, for so long. For five or six years now. Despite him forget that. him being a mealy-mouthed little weasel and her being just a smug little bitch, they, they have something that works with them and whatever, mm-hmm. you know. You know how that is? Like, you know, one's the dom, one's the sub. And <laughs> oh, know God, I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's pretty much... God, I know, right? That's pretty much all we can say about Corey and Evelyn. And at this point, um, <laughs> let's move on to my personal favorite, Laura. Oh, God. Uh, Laura was her normal insufferable self throughout both parts of the tell-all. I just felt that she couldn't have been any more inauthentic. She kept trying to look like she was distraught over... Aladdin and Aladdin's decision to potentially end their marriage. Um, I honestly, I'm going to be super honest with you here. I didn't fully pay attention to what was being said between them on the tell-all because I just can't listen to either one of them, particularly Laura. But honestly, I don't think Aladdin is too much better than, uh, than Laura. But Honestly, I'm so over both of them. And Laura had plenty of crocodile tears throughout both parts of the tell-all and storming off moments. And 
also um, jumping down her son's throat for laughing at her, although we know how he felt from the get-go. So, I don't know. I, I don't really have much to say about them. What do you think? I don't know. Robin? I mean, it's hard It's hard to watch all that knowing what has transpired with them and Laura in particular over Instagram in the last couple of weeks with her um, fake pregnancy and her faked ectopic pregnancy and then her faked black eye and then the crying and then her calling us out personally because of whatever. <laughs> I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> Like, all of the nonsense and the shenanigans that she's been pulling over the last week, we know that whatever is happening on stage is completely not not tenable. Like, she it's needs not her real. Razzie. I mean, can we just give her the Razzie already? Oh, God. She is the worst. She's, she is the fucking worst. I'm sorry. She just is. And she kept and telling me, only- and I'm sure she told you, and she told everybody, because she told everybody who would listen, is that... The tell-all, you'll see Aladdin's two true colors, you'll see it. Okay, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, whatever. But knowing what we know about Lauren now and all of this stuff that allegedly that... It's hard to have sympathy for her. It is, yeah. you know, and that allegedly there's this protective order that that um, Aladdin had to take out against Laura and... And that's why she can't get her stuff. And she's complaining that TLC won't help her get her stuff from guitar. Gee, I wonder why. And well, yeah, it's because there's a protective order, allegedly, that I tried to get my hands on and I couldn't actually see it. But so I can't verify it for sure. But I've had a couple of people tell me about it. So knowing all that we know about them in real life, watching whatever happens on stage is kind of just like, meh, whatever. I'm sort of like over it because we know what's happening and as we know, while we were watching this on stage, she's doing a really drunken live with Raul. Making out with Raul. We kid you not, guys. You are hearing this first if you did not witness this yourself. She was making out with Evelyn's Raul uh, tonight on the live during the second part of the tell-all. It was sloppy. It was gross. It was awkward. It was painful to watch, to say the least. And I think you guys have sent some of those to us. I haven't had a chance to watch them yet, and I don't know Unfortunately, if I want to watch it before I go to bed because... Don't. Don't. I'll suffer for the both of us. Okay. I've seen enough. I saw <laughs> all two minutes of... Ugh, I don't even want we'll to... So can, can we just agree at this page. point, hashtag by Laura? Yeah, Hi. hashtag by Laura. Moving on. Moving on. Who do we have now? Devin and Jihoon. Oh, go ahead. You take Devin and Jihoon. So during this, we get a little glimpse that um, apparently after Devin moved to Korea, she moved back to the United States because Jihoon hasn't done what Jihoon said he was going to do. And, you know, as we all saw, (laughs) she moves over there and he hasn't done that. The car seat, which it turns out he doesn't need because he didn't listen to her. Shocker. Didn't listen to mom. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, you know, happens around my house. Mm-hmm. And um, doesn't have an apartment, doesn't have a job, doesn't have anything that they need to live as a family of four. And so she goes back to the United States while he gets his shit together over there. And then um, we know because they just had their Korean wedding the other day. Um, and it was beautiful, and um, I've heard... Yeah, she looked gorgeous. I have heard a lot um, about 
this wedding that um, I think Starkasm is going to be coming out with a summary of everything, what the food was and all this stuff. So watch for that. Um, So we know she's back over there now. So at the time of the tell-all, which was filmed, God, whatever date it was, months ago, that she um, hadn't moved back over there. Um, But then we also find out mom isn't so thrilled about her. And so, I know, I was kind of surprised, I have to say. Yeah, I was a little... I was taken aback by that. I really, really was. I mean, you know, his his son, I mean, her son, who's, you know, whatever he is, 31-year-old baby who doesn't, you know, know how to how to adult, right? Like... He knows how to use a bidet. <laughs> and he knows how to get, how to knock up a girl. His anal's so clean, yeah, so fresh and, and so his clean, super clean. sperm resulted in beautiful little Taeyang. You know, oh, he is so cute. As Devin says, though, it takes two to make a baby. So yeah, sure she does. got I'll agree with her she got that. knocked up, but he did the knocking. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it is what it is, right, Mom? But you know, maybe you know. I know Devin is trying to learn some Korean, but maybe she's not trying to learn so hard because then she'd have to have conversations with Mom-in-law, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we <laughs> totally, and we know we know how that rolls, and. We know she also said that she felt, culturally speaking, that you don't speak unless spoken to. So she was trying to be respectful. And maybe that's true. And also maybe what you said is partially true. So maybe it's just a a kind of a mixture of both. Who knows? But I wish them well. I uh, We know that they're being filmed for the second season right now. So Correct. there's going to be a lot more to their story. We know TLC and, was at uh, their wedding. We I have pictures. If you haven't seen those yet, I've posted those. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. So Tiffany and Ronald. Um, there's not a whole lot to say about them other than that they're still sort of battling with their trust issues, mainly with... Tiffany trusting Ronald and all of the things that he's put her through in the past in regard to his gambling addiction. Also, we see that there's some tension revolving around them being able to live in the States versus having to uproot their lives and head back to South Africa. I know that right now, Tiffany and Daniel and baby Carly Rose have returned to South Africa to reunite with Ronald so that he can spend time with the baby. And as far as how long they'll be there for, well, that's to be determined. We learned that she's going to try and bring him here. I think that she mentioned tonight that his record was expunged or something, right? Right. Uh, like we, it's it's it? hard to know what exactly is on his record and how mm-hmm. things are classified. Um, it's you know with criminal stuff. Um, you know, I don't practice criminal law. Just make that clear. I'm not an expert in criminal law, but I do work with inmates, so I I've, I've talked a lot about this. Um, with them is that sometimes, you know, you get what you do one, allegedly one crime, but it gets listed as like four different things because it's, it's robbery. It's also burglary, which are two separate crimes, you know, and then there's, you know, a weapon and there's, it's all these different things. And then you can plead down, right? So you end up, they, they throw all of these charges on and then they plead down as far as, and they take some of them away and reduce them and stuff. So we don't know 
right. what the status of all of that is. We know that he was, you know, arrested for X, Y, and Z. What is actually on his record and what needed to be expunged, we don't know. So it may not be as bad. All we know is, right, it seems as if it's not going to be something that's going to interfere with his visa process. So here's hoping for them because I think it would be a shame to see their family um, or specifically Daniel away from his grandmother and her family since we know what a good, sweet, amazing boy he is. And it just, oh, I just, I love that kid more than any other kid that I've seen on the history of the show. He is just such an awesome kid. And I think... Well, and Tiffany, Tiffany raised him, so she's obviously doing something right. Yeah, she, I really like her. I think that you, like you said, she's, I mean, I, we all know it takes a village to raise a, a good, well-rounded child. And I think her mom also played a part in that, but she's absolutely, undoubtedly a good mom. And as we learned tonight, like I said, that he said he would sacrifice his happiness to be able to be with his dad in South Africa. You know, his happiness, meaning leaving behind his friends and family indefinitely to have his dad, AKA Ronald. So that was really selfless and sweet, and I wasn't so surprised to hear him say that. He's a good, good kid. Um, the other thing that I liked about uh, Tiffany and her segment was when she stood up for her relationship against uh, Big Mouth Corey. Another one of the things that he interjected was his opinion about their relationship and her choices uh, namely, uh, bringing Daniel over to that environment. And I think that Tiffany shut that down with such diplomacy. It was a very, very good mic drop moment to break up the otherwise boring first part of the tell all. Uh, she kind of said that, um, I'm trying to think how well he's going to have to fucking cut this out. Um, blah, blank. Um, what exactly did she say? Anyway, let me start over. One, two, three, four. So Tiffany diplomatically told Corey that he, she at least has trust in her relationship, basically uh, throwing it in his face that Evelyn cheated on him. So without saying that, but obviously we all know what she was inferring. So that was, that was kind of her mic drop moment of the first part of the tell-all and probably the most dramatic thing that we saw during that time. Um, but moving on. So I think we basically wrapped up the other way. Well, or no, 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 I'm sorry. We're missing, we're missing Smee or Summit. Summit. What is with, okay, I have to ask you, Frauded. What is it? She either says, which one is it, should I say? It's either Summit or she says it Summit or Smee. Like, it's Smee, either one. whatever. Sumi. And I know how you feel about Jenny. I know how you hysteric, feel about Hysteric, hysteric, long-suffering Jenny. <laughs> you know how I feel. Me and my anti-Jenny island. And um, my, I don't know how long we need to stay on this. Um, Smee is, is he double dipping? He claims he's not. His body language says otherwise. Wait, what did we learn today from one of our awesome oh, followers? Shoot. Instead of double dipping, it was hopping in both lakes. Is that the term they used? That, <laughs> that was, was somebody on, on Facebook, way. yes. Is he? Yes, on our Talkers of Fraud Facebook group. 
join it if you haven't already. But yeah, this uh, follower of ours, she used the term, and I've not heard this before, and it was hilarious. It was definitely an LOL moment. She said, hopping in both lakes. So we see we see Jenny's daughters come out, uh, mainly her daughter, Christina, and her wife, Jenny. And we already know how they feel about Smee. So they just talked more about uh, the same old shit that they've already discussed on the episode. We learn that allegedly Smee has filed for a separation and also Smee alleges that his wife is filing some sort of claim against him. We'll see how that plays out. We know that they are also filming again and that Jenny intends on pursuing her relationship with him in the future, I guess, after things are officially over between him and his current wife. And we'll see, like I said, how that plays out next season. Hashtag Jenny new. (laughs) So that's pretty much it with them. So we've wrapped up both parts of the tell-all. For me, they weren't, uh, they were pretty anticlimactic. I know that frauded feels pretty satisfied by both parts. <laughs> I think they were a little bit of a snooze fest, but I hey. I enjoyed it even though I knew and we'll get into this in a minute, you know, even though I knew basically everything that was going to happen and I think that that's what made me enjoy it more is because I wasn't sitting there like my expectations were were reasonable. Like I wasn't sitting there waiting for Sean to ask the big heavy questions because Sean is never going to ask the big heavy questions. She's being paid by TLC. Jesus, people who, don't understand that. She can't. She's not going to. TLC is very, very invested in telling the story that they want to tell. And she is part of that. She's just as right. much part of that. So she's it's not, not her choice. She doesn't write the fucking questions. And there's literally petitions going around to find a new host. And it doesn't matter if it's Chrissy Teigen. It doesn't matter if whoever fucking it is, they're not going to be able to answer. I mean, or rather to ask hard hitting questions that the fans want to know. But that's why you that's have what us. we're here for. <laughs> yes, because Jinx. so speaking of that. So, OK, so let's go through these leaks. Was I yeah, was I right about my leaks or was I wrong? Hmm. Well, let's start with a. Well, let's go with the first one that you leaked, which was that there was a PhD certified therapist on hand for the cast members during the tell-all. What do we know about that? Well, I mean, the the spoiler was that the therapist was there backstage to help the mm-hmm. people backstage. There was uh, never anything. They weren't coming on stage to have a Dr. Phil moment. It wasn't anything like that. They were backstage. Um, many of the cast members will confirm that as well. Um not that I always believe anything a cast member says. <laughs> yeah, you take it with a grain of salt. Right. Depending um, on which one they are. But this information came from multiple sources. Um, the PhD certified therapist, whatever it was, was backstage to talk to them after their sets. And we know that Laura spent some time with them. I know that. That doesn't surprise me. She seems like the most obvious one that would take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, so, and, we could all I take mean, advantage of a therapist here, though. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, why not? They're there. Let's exactly. They're on hand. Why not? And then I know that you mentioned that there was unaired footage that was revealed of Evelyn supposedly talking to her ex and confirming that she did indeed cheat on Corey. So, yeah. So this was um, 
unaired footage that they showed that this is the conversation Evelyn had with Raul where they were talking about their hookup, whatever their hookup was. They confirmed that it happened. My spoiler was that the unaired footage was her discussing a cheating event. Um, We didn't know at the time what it was going to be. Um, whether it was talking about the Raul issue or whether it was talking about the other acts that had already been talked about. But that was accurate. They, she, the footage that they showed was of Evelyn talking to Raul about them hooking up. So that, yeah, that happened. Okay. I mean, the other one we know is obvious and has been confirmed that Sami is married, but what we haven't been able to confirm it still remains up in the air as whether or not Jenny knew. What she knew and, and think, when she knew it, yeah. Right. I mean, we'll never probably know the answer to that. So um, let's just stick with we all know that Samit obviously is married. And like I said before, he alleges that his wife has or he has filed for a separation. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, next is that Lita was in New York City and she was doing something for whatever product she's trying to sell. Not really a shoe happened. line, shoe line. Ugh. Anyway, um, she offered to babysit Devin's little boy because Devin offered to do some modeling for her. So well, I we think Lita she, asked her to do the modeling, and she needed right, the money. Right, that's true. She paid her. It was yeah. a, it was a paid gig. It was a paid gig. That's right. And here's the thing: is that Devin needed a babysitter for Taeyang. Right. My th- why didn't production spring for that? I don't know. What See, assholes? I'm, I'm not doubting Devin at all, but I don't understand why they wouldn't have provided childcare for her, especially since they expected her there for 14 hours. Right. So, I mean, I mean sucks. you know, it, 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 did it really happen that way? I don't know. You know, apparently during the taping of the tell all Lita happened to be backstage at some point. Am I right? There's about a picture. That? Because, There's a picture of them. Yeah. Yeah. We know that that black eye photo, we won't touch on this too long, but we know that black eye photo and the messages that you see from those screenshots back and forth are from Lita and Laura, and more recently, Laura is alleging that Lita photoshopped them. I hate to stick up for Lita. I almost would never do that, but I happen to know that that photo was not concocted by Lita. It's absolutely something that Laura sent around uh, specifically to Lita during this time, and then it made the rounds to other sources. But... um, Yeah, so we know that leads into Laura and the speculation that she was the one that leaked a lot of this information. What do you think about that, Frada? Well, you know, I mean, and information not just based on her (laughs) relationship, I should say, as a whole, about a lot of the things going on in the tell all. I want to clarify. Yeah, you know, Laura can't keep her trap shut about anything. We've learned this, right, over the last couple of weeks. Um, God. And. And so for her to be the one that leaked the majority of the information. So, I mean, we talked touched on this a little bit earlier in that um, TLC edits things. Right. So up to the last minute. So 
I think there was a lot that was also leached, not on my leaks, because mine have come, mine are all accurate here, but um, there was other leaks about things that happened that we didn't see, and we've heard from various cast members that there was a lot of stuff that happened that wasn't shown on the tell so it's possible that TLC edited some of the stuff out that Laura had leaked. Right. That's very possible. I know a couple cast members have told me that they were surprised uh, about certain things not being aired and they were kind of confused as to why. But I mean, the only thing that makes sense is that they were trying to eliminate or basically uh, not validate those leaks for sure, even if that means taking away good content and possible i mean i don't believe anything that comes out of laura's mouth so whatever she said happened i wouldn't believe it anyway just because it's laura but you got to consider the source when you're evaluating you know leaks and evidence and stuff you got to consider the source so Mm, this is true this is true well i mean i think that's pretty much it for the leaks. well the final one was that karini and pierre were there now there's no, I mean, how are we gonna how are we gonna prove to you that this actually happened? I mean, I have pictures, I posted pictures, but um, Karini yeah, and Pierre totally in New York. They were there. Um, mm-hmm. They were there, stowed away at the hotel room. They were stowed away in the hotel room, and the reason is is because their journey to the United States has been filmed, and TLC wants to keep that to themselves and use that footage when when their whole journey when they decide to do something with that footage which i don't know if they've decided what they're doing with that footage yet but they were there because they have been living in the united states we've seen pictures of them in in kentucky so um they were there they just were backstage because tlc doesn't want them on 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 the air yeah I mean, so now moving away from what we saw on TV and more on what we saw on social media this week, what did we see? So Ashley, (laughs) speaking of crazy, oh my God, speaking of crazy, we have Ashley. So I have to say, I was a little surprised that this article came out. Uh, We saw a clickbait article surface that Ashley posted that um, confirmed that she did indeed get back together with Jay for a brief amount of time. And I don't know if she specified how long, but it seems like it was around September. Uh, Like I said, I don't know how long it lasted, but apparently it fizzled out as fast as it reignited. She was um, told by someone that he impregnated another woman. And I'm not even certain if this is the second, third, fourth time that this has been a rumor. Who cares at this point? But enough evidence was brought to her to make her believe that there was uh, some authenticity to this rumor. So they broke up again, but during the time that they were back together, we learned that she dropped the PFA, the protection from abuse charges against Jay. Now, I just, I feel so confounded about this. She made it a big point of making it known that she had a protection from abuse order against Jay at this, at one point in time. 
and also said that he attempted to rape her or did rape her. And now I, this is obviously a trigger warning for a lot of people. So I'm just going to keep it short and sweet and say that I find it hard to believe that she would ignore all of this, drop it and try to give their relationship another chance if this really was the truth and he really did these heinous things that she was alleging that he did. Um, I know that Poochie, Jay's sister, reached out to me recently and said that she's cut her brother off and she really wants nothing to do with him after learning that he did get back together with Ashley because I guess he lied to her and didn't tell her this was going on. And we both, we both and all of our followers and everyone that watches the show and follows them on social media knows that when he spent time um, in custody, ICE custody, his sister fought very hard to get him out with his ex-girlfriend and um, got completely bashed by Ashley. They have a very contentious relationship. So all in all, it was a very uncomfortable situation for her to learn of this news, probably the way that we did through this clickbait article. And so she no longer wants anything to do with him for the time being. And she says she wishes him all the best, but, you know, hashtag by Jay, by Ashley. So we discovered that Maria still has some active dating profiles floating around out there. And even as recently as 30 minutes ago, I was receiving DMs that were showing her likeness and a dating profile from different sites you were sent the one specifically that we shared on our Instagram page at Talkers of Fraud. And um, like I was just referencing, there's been several more that our followers have found and they've been sending to me. So I'm not sure if her photos are just being used and um, people are plugging in information to catfish other people or if it truly is her the information is relatively the same. It all says that the person lives in Kiev, Ukraine. Um, their hobbies and interests are all very similar, but I found that to be pretty funny. I don't know if we'll ever really find out. We haven't been able to do any research on this yet, um, to dig into it, to find out the veracity of it or what it is. We just know it's out there, and we'll look further into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, as Fraud had said, I mean, at this moment, really have nothing to validate those things. So uh, basically, moving on. <laughs> we know that 90 Day Fiance, the original series, that season, season seven, I should say, it's going to air on November 3rd. And we've been introduced to seven new couples and it looks like it's going to be a pretty decent season. So I look forward to it. Yeah, we've um, started diving deep. Um, I've made my um, color-coded uh, research sheets, templates for each couple. And our research is ongoing. And that should be exciting. So we'll look forward to that coming up on what we find out about them. Yes, I'm excited. Um, so the uh, podcast. So this is our first podcast, you guys. I'm sorry if we went a little long. But there's so much to talk about. Yeah, bear with us. Bear with us. We're still trying to pop our podcast cherry here. Ooh. 
exciting. <laughs> but I know that we'll be bringing you a lot of really good stuff in the upcoming days and weeks, including giveaways, partnerships with people like FabFitFun, and just awesome merchandise. We'll put together some swag bag giveaways for you with cool stuff like pop sockets, t-shirts, all the kinds of stuff that I know I like to get and you like to get. And, and stickers. I'm very frotted. excited about the stickers. Yes, Frotted loves her stickers. Because so I'm like 12, we'll apparently. Sure. Stickers are fun. I mean, I've loved them ever since I was three or four years old, and I don't think I've stopped in the past 30 years. So <laughs> stickers are fun. But we'll make sure that um, we announce those giveaways to you guys shortly. Uh, we really, really, truly appreciate all your support leading up to the airing of this podcast. It's been such a humbling experience to know that we have so many people behind us wishing us success in this new venture. And from the bottom of my heart, and I speak on uh, Frauded's behalf too, I we are truly just so grateful for all of our followers and other fellow fan accounts for your well wishes and support. And we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, tune in all of the platforms where you get your uh, podcasts and we ask that you if you enjoy what you're hearing please give us a five-star review maybe write us a little review it doesn't matter but we would love 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 your feedback if you're enjoying what you're hearing please give us a five-star review and you can listen to us on any of these platforms thank you you can find your broadcasters on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at talker underscore of underscore shits underscore and at frauded by TLC. Visit the show at talkers of fraud on all social media platforms and talkers of This broadcast has been produced and edited by yours truly art by Sarah Daudi music written, produced and performed by Umami. Further assistance provided by many unnamed fraud consultants. Hey, fraudcasters. You know, I used to find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. They were the first thing to take off when I got home. But Skims has changed all that. You guys know I love my Skims Fits Everybody t-shirt bras. I own them in just about every shade now. I wear them every single day when I leave the house. And they are completely worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I was not expecting from them was how comfortable they are. Even the underwire bras that I wear all day, I barely even notice. Definitely not the first thing I take off when I come home anymore. Y'all, I'm a 36 double D and I've had a reduction and I've gone up and down and lost weight and gained weight and all the things. And the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, I swear, fits me the best. I finally found a t-shirt bra that I can wear. But not only that, it is the best bra that I own. It holds the girls in so well. And let me just say, Hetero Life Mate really appreciates these bras too. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes from a 30A to a 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, please be sure to let them know that we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show, The Fraudcast, in the drop-down menu that follows.